Hey, 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 welcome to Einstein's Growth Podcast. This is episode number four. And today's guest, her name means the Christmas day. So as a Christmas gift, I'm bringing you an amazing public speaker. She did run six marathons and 10 half marathons. It's Natasha from Change View Inc. <laughs> Hello, Natasha. Thank you so much for being my guest. Hi, Walid. Very nice to be here and thank you for having me. This is such an so interesting Natal- introduction. <laughs> it's really <laughs> fun to hear the meaning of my name. And, and I just ran the 11th half marathon uh, two weeks ago. Really? Yes. How was the experience? It was incredible. It was in the rain. We were running because, you know, it's November already. It was the 1st of November and it was fun. It was still okay, even though it was in the rain. I love rain. Like, I'm really, really a huge lover of rain. You know, here's something funny. When I was living in France, I lived in a city that is called Brest. And this city, like, it does rain all time, nonstop. I mean, imagine I'm from Morocco and we have the sun all time. Mm-hmm. And during summer, it, it was raining. I still remember one day it was like we had five minutes of rain and I, I just why not go to the beach and have some fun? And do you know what happened? Like five minutes after that, mm-hmm. it started raining again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what kind of weather we have sometimes here in Europe. <laughs> yes. I don't really like rain, but that's all right. So, Natasha, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm an international speaker, like you said, and, and a business trainer. I teach entrepreneurs and executives how to build confidence, get rid of their fear of public speaking. Some people don't have to get rid of it, but some people have. And how to craft, write their good, clear message and how to deliver it with power and with persuasion. This is my favorite topic. I love speaking about this. I love teaching it. And I enjoy seeing how people change their life, basically, when they learn how to speak with power, how to speak with confidence. Speaking with power. I know that you are working on your podcast that you will launch on January. Is that correct? Yes, yes. In January. January 5th will be the first episode. Oh, this is great. So can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? It will be called Speak with Power, and I'm going to interview different people, plus give some solo episodes, and mainly the topic is speaking with power. So it's not (laughs) just about presentation skills, not only about public speaking, but it's also about speaking up, speaking out, speaking your mind, saying what you think, especially at the moments when you are afraid to say what you think. So to know that you have that power within you and to tap into that power and to speak with it because we can change the world if we can speak, finally speak the truth and speak our mind. So that is one of the biggest topics. And of course, I share a lot of tips and ideas about public speaking too. I, you know, I really, really love the, the part when you said speak the truth because 2020 has been really a weird year. And people are not speaking their truth. So they are keeping thoughts and things to themselves. Well, this is a great idea to start the next year with empowering people to speak their truth. So, Natasha, I'm really wondering right now, how did you find yourself in public speaking? Hmm. I, I think it started when I was 17. At least 
now I get this idea that that's when I understood what public speaking is because I was a shy girl. I used to be really shy when I was a teenager. And then when I was 17, I was invited to speak at the graduation party in front of the whole school, all the parents and graduates and teachers. And when I was standing there on the stage and speaking to people, looking into their eyes, I could feel the power of public speaking. And that was the moment when I understood I want to repeat this. I want this feeling again. I want to again experience this power of public speaking. And after that, I had other opportunities and I started learning it, practicing it. And then I started teaching it 13 years ago. I started teaching presentation skills and had lots of different clients and courses and programs over the years improving it. And then this year, finally, I offered it online thanks to the coronavirus. So now I have online classes, online uh, programs also, and teaching corporate clients. Wow, so it became a passion, yes. <laughs> that's really an amazing passion because the truth is, I, I love public speaking. It empowers us in ways that we are not even aware of. And right now, I'm really like, the way you did talk about public speaking and the sparkle that I could feel within your tone, within your voice, I'm wondering who inspired you to become a public speaker? Who? I cannot say that who, that one person inspired me to be a public speaker. I love Tony Robbins as a speaker, definitely. I love different TED speakers. One of them is Ken Robbins. He, Robinson. Yeah, Ken Robinson. He gave an incredible speech talk at TED.com. It's, it's interesting because it's actually kind of different from every other talk. He, he's just standing there because he has a special condition, health condition. So he was just standing, not really even moving, not using his body language that much. But he's so witty and, and funny he uses humor and personal stories all the time. And it's one of the greatest examples of a speech and of a talk. So lots of people, I cannot say that it's one person who inspired me. Basically, it's seeing how important it is to speak our mind and to, to express our thoughts and seeing how people need this. That became a passion because I felt like I could do it. And I wanted to help other people also be able to do it. And I, I felt, because I love it, I feel this energy when I start doing it, even though I get nervous. I always get nervous. It's not like I'm a professional speaker, so I don't get nervous. I do. Like the greatest speakers get nervous before a speech, before something that maybe they do for the first time. And so when I started speaking in front of audiences and feeling this adrenaline and loving it so much, I just wanted to teach other people too. And like, I cannot say that I want to be a motivational speaker, even though I motivate and I inspire, but I don't want to be just a motivational speaker. So it's not like I saw somebody who I wanted to be like, but teaching this and sharing this skill and helping other people also learn this skill that became a passion. I, I, I really love what you said. And you know, the, the funny thing is you said something that made me think about Mr. Bean when you said nobody language and he is funny. I don't know why, but the first person that came to my mind was Mr. Bean, how he never spoke a word, 
and he was funny as hell. <laughs> yes. So you said something really interesting, which is stories and funny stuff. Like, do you think that storytelling is a part of public speaking and it should it be part of the public speaking well it's definitely a huge part of public speaking of course storytelling is a part of everything right now it's a part of business marketing it's a part of selling it's the part of our life and each each section each phase of our life storytelling is everywhere and public speaking is storytelling so it's not like it should be there it is there it has been there for for centuries <laughs> but now Storytelling is becoming, in the last maybe decade or less, it has become a part of business also, business presentations and marketing, huge. But public speaking, storytelling has been a part of public speaking since its very beginning, of course. Because what is it? When you speak in public, you share stories, whether it's your personal story or you share a story of somebody else or you share a story about your product to your company or the city, or whatever you're doing, whatever your goal is, but you are sharing a story. So yes, definitely. Storytelling is a huge part, and it's an important skill to develop also. You know, th this is really important because out there, there is a lot of confusion when people think storytelling. What, what happens is they think they should invent stories that are not real, that never happened, and they conceive them as storytelling to use them to persuade people because they know that but like we, we humans by nature we love stories so what do you think about the myth of storytelling and the actual storytelling hmm. it's interesting i haven't really even heard that people think of storytelling that they need to invent it because maybe i've just been surrounded by people who understand that storytelling it's it's telling your story or the story of your product or the story of your because I'm working with entrepreneurs and I teach entrepreneurs and that's what we teach is yes storytelling is share your personal story because that's most powerful and share the story of your customers some success stories the story of your product or your service invent stories well that's wonderful that's for books and for movies that is a totally different world that is the world of cinematography and fiction but if you are speaking in public and you want to convince somebody persuade somebody or you want to motivate influence people then the story that will be most powerful will be related to people who you are speaking to. And if it's a personal story, it will help you connect with that audience, with those people. Plus, when we are sharing stories, it's important to put those people, the audience, in this place of a hero. So that it's not us who is the hero, even though we could be sharing our personal story. But even in that personal story, we should always have our audience or our people, our ideal client or whoever that is, put them in the place of your main character, of the hero of this story, so that they see themselves in it and they always, always know how they will benefit from this story. I love it because here's the thing. When I, when I was saying what I said is, I was because I have seen this in sales presentations and marketing, uh, what I have seen is people, they are, you know, guys, we need to sell more of our products and storytelling sells a lot so let's invent a story about our product 
and they do invent a story that is not real and they start selling the product with the story. That's why I just wanted you to clarify mm. the, the difference between the myth, the myth of storytelling and the reality. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Now I understand. <laughs> of course, it's whenever there is lack of authenticity, whenever people feel that there is something fake, it will not sell. <laughs> Because people are not stupid. That's we true. should not, we should never underestimate our audience if we are smart people. Because if I, I know that I'm an intelligent person, and that's why I know that I attract intelligent audiences. That's why I always respect them and I would never underestimate their level of intelligence. That's why whenever I share, it's always authentic. And, and I know that people always will feel when there's lack of authenticity or when there's something something fake something made up yeah that's true i agree with you because here's the thing a lot of people they get confused sales and the marketing they used to work in the 80s is no longer working because in the 80s people didn't have access to information right now one click and they know what you are talking about Mm-hmm. Yes. So exactly. speaking of marketing, sales, customers, now I'm wondering, tell me a story about one of your customers who were like literally having an emotional disaster before working with you. And when they took your classes, it helped them so much that they became super happier about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually do have a story like that. Uh, I have one client and she's actually a friend and she became a client. She got my course, my program. And before she started with me, her condition was so serious that she would not be able to speak in front of the, it's in front of the camera. It's not even in front of the audience because she needed to start going live and create videos. So she was so nervous before going live that her heart rate would increase and she had to take pills. Like she has a heart condition, it's tachycardia, and she had to take pills before that. So she actually even wrote to me and she said, maybe Natasha, what do you think? Maybe I shouldn't even do this. Maybe I shouldn't even learn this because I don't want to die or I don't want to be unhealthy. She says, it's really serious for me. I get tachycardia right before every speech and I can't deal with this. And I said, no, I said, think about it. Do you need it? Do you, you have a dream? And I know that she wants to start and develop her school. She has this English Spanish school and a club. She really needed it for her business. She's just starting to develop her business of being a guide around the city here and inviting people as soon as the pandemic is over. Well, anyway, I knew that she needed this. She needed it for her business, for her marketing. And so I said to her, well, can you give up that idea? Do you just want to give up your dream because of this? Or do you want to really deal with this? So we decided that, yes, she's going to deal with that. And I shared with her everything that she needed to know. I made her practice step by step, little by little. She got rid of it. Not completely. She still gets nervous, but she started to get comfortable. And we always get comfortable when Mm. we practice. We never get rid of it completely, but we get comfortable with it a little bit more. And that's mm-hmm. what and that's what happened for her. She actually was able to speak and she invited new people to her club. They started coming and she started going live. And I remember seeing her first live and then her live 
three, six weeks later, <laughs> after the program was over, she was a totally different person. She was like this professional speaker, even though, of course, there were things that she could improve. But yes, she was much more confident and calm. And I could see the difference in her. And she was happy with that result. She loved it that she didn't give up. That's why, yes, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. Even if people have this condition, this glossophobia that we call, it's the fear of public speaking. Oh, that's interesting, glossophobia. Can you tell me a little bit about this phobia? And if you have any statistics, would you like to share them with us, please? Yes, about statistics. I'm not a big fan of statistics, but just because, you know, it's one of the organizations that that shared, that found that, and others could find. But one... Let me see if I can. 73% of people have a glossophobia, but I wish I could pull out the, the who says this. So one of the numbers is 73%. Don't quote me wow. because it's, it's still, I think that it's just it's it's, huge. It's objective. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Absolutely. So some people say, I heard quotes of, glossophobia or the fear of public speaking is the fear number one in the world. I don't believe that. I could probably believe that it's fear number two, but that is also impressive. Number two, it's the first fear is the fear of death. So <laughs> no, the fear of public speaking is second after death. Can you imagine that? Wow. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. That's, that's, I mean, yeah, it's huge, but it's really so sad because, I mean, if it's true, imagine all the people who are giving on, giving up on their dreams because of such a phobia. Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine how many lives were not really ruined? I don't want to say ruined. That's too big of a word, but lives did not progress and didn't get to the dream that people wanted to get so their lives just stayed the same and basically were too average so the national institute of mental health reports that public speaking anxiety or glossophobia affects about 73 percent of the population so that's national national institute of mental health is who says this that's why wow. i said it's just like one one of the numbers but i'm sure there are other statistics. So speaking of dreams, now I'm really curious about something. Do you think that public speaking can increase anyone's chances of success? Absolutely, because it's a part of our life. And if people have a dream that is big, that is um, ambitious, audacious, that I'm sure it would involve public speaking because I'm sure they would have to share this, whether it's an idea or it's a cause that they want to, to do, deal with or address or help, whatever that is, I'm sure they would have to share it. They would have to convey this message to people, to masses, to audiences. And that's why they need the skill of public speaking. Whether people want to start a business, they need the skill of public speaking for sure, because they will have to share their message with 
partners, maybe with investors, with other companies, even their clients, their customers, they have to share the message. They have to talk about their product and their services. Sales, that's all about public speaking because you have to speak about your product. Even one-on-one calls, cold calls, when people call their potential clients and customers, their leads, they would have to speak. That's public speaking. They need to know how to speak with persuasion. They need to know how to deliver their messaging, their thought, so that people are convinced and want to buy or want to work with them. So everything, any kind of dream is connected with public speaking. Of course, if the dream is just for a person not to really do it with anybody else, but run, let's say run a marathon, maybe public speaking is not that important. But if they want to do it with somebody, they want to to inspire other people to do it, then if they need money for that, then it will definitely be connected with public speaking. But it's a huge part of our life. That's why I think definitely it's important for achieving our dreams. Do you agree? I absolutely agree with you because I, as I said before, and I already told you my story with public speaking last time that we spoke. So not only public speaking increases our chances in success, but also it's what makes the difference between good and great. Mm-hmm. And I believe that public speaking help us grow as humans and also it help us grow as businesses. Because here's the thing, marketing is all about communication. So if you are good at public speaking, that would be really easy for you to craft your marketing messages because mm-hmm. you, already, you already know how to do it in the hardest way, which is talking. I mean, writing, writing it's easier than talking. Don't you think so? Not really. I think it really depends on the personality. Speaking is much easier for me than talking, than writing. But for some people, especially for introverts, writing is much easier than speaking. For me, it's absolutely easy to speak and to convey my thoughts. And for most extroverts, it is. When I'm writing, I'm much more particular. I have to really thoroughly think through every um, sentence and with the transition words, with all the prepositions and everything. So I'm very peculiar about my writing, but speaking, it's not like I'm sloppy when I speak, but it's a little bit easier to express myself when I talk. I know the feeling. I'm I'm an extrovert too, so I can relate to what you said. You know what? You said something. You love and enjoy talking. Do you think public speakers, are they born or are they made? They are made. I'm pretty sure about that. Public speakers are made... I know about myself because I was shy. I was not able to speak. It was hard for me to also even put my thoughts together. When I was starting to speak, I remember it was hard for me to express myself because I would get lost in the thought. And my friend, she has a gift of communication. She really is able to communicate her thought very clearly so that people can understand her. And I remember I was impressed by that and I started working on that skill. It is possible to develop. Of course, there are gifted people and there are we can be gifted in certain different things in certain areas. For me, for example, delivery is probably my biggest gift. Wording, it's, I can say my friend. She's really great at that, at a specific way of communicating. Other people can be more gifted in writing. Like I said, for me, it's, it's work in progress. I, I do write, but it's not like I'm gifted in that. But still, all of these things we can develop. It's a skill, just like painting. There are people who are gifted, who are just talented, 
painters. But all of us, we can develop it as a skill. I read a wonderful book. I think it's called Drawing, Drawing from the Artist Within, or something like this, Betty Edwards drawing from the artist within if i'm not mistaken and she's talking about how everybody can learn to draw to paint and it's a skill just like every other skill just like speaking talking walking <laughs> writing it, we can reading just it's just a skill you learn it the same about public speaking you can learn it everybody can learn that and everybody needs it in some ways in certain extent, and that's why we all should work on that, develop it. I keep working on my presentation skills all the time. I keep reading, improving, practicing, changing, evolving. We all need to do that. And every professional speaker, if you hear somebody, a speaker who maybe has done a lot of speeches and thinks that he or she is so great, and they say to you, oh, well, I've learned everything that I could. I'm this, yeah. There's nothing else that I can learn and improve. <laughs> then that is the the road downwards. That's 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 the the degrading <laughs> phrase that will not bring them to the top. That's true. You know, in the martial arts, what they do, like when you achieve the highest level of mm -hmm. mastery of that art, they change your black belt to a white one, which means you are always a student. Even if you are like the best and the greatest of all times, you are still a student. You are always learning. Mm -hmm. And this is something that, that I find truly fascinating. Like when you see people like that who are really great achievers and they don't consider themselves as experts or gurus, but instead they keep thinking that they are students and they are learning and learning and learning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's called beginner mind or beginner's mind. We need to have this beginner's mind when we are professionals because we've done this for many years, whatever that is. You've done something for many years. You've been making money on that. So it means that you are professional in this area. But if we keep think, if we never think that we need to improve, if we keep thinking that we, we are done, we already learned everything, then we will not succeed. Then that's, that's the end. That is it. That's it. That's why I think a huge problem in a lot of schools, I think in my country, but the same I would say about many other countries, because the educational system in the whole world is in trouble. I think the problem is that a lot of teachers don't really care about their own growth. They work with students, with their kids that are on the same level and they teach the same thing over and over and they don't change. They don't add anything there. They keep teaching the same thing and they feel like they don't really need to grow. And a lot of times teachers, they stop this progress and it's students there that are learning from them. They can see that this is a dead end. And that's why the educational system is in such horrible situation now. You know, it's not only on, on in the education system. I noticed this also in the business world, like for employees. They, they study, they get their BA or master degree. And once they graduate and start, start working, most of them, like the majority of them, they stop learning. Like they never open a book again and they say, okay, I'm done with studies. Yes, absolutely. And this is, this is why the world is, is in such trouble. Because information and knowledge, it's always upgrading itself. Mm -hmm. Growth so, is, is life. 
If we stop yeah. growing, we start dying. That's true. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Natasha, what do you think that public speaking shapes culture and societies? <laughs> well, you you make this statement. I cannot just whether say no or say yes yeah i guess so it shapes in a certain way it's like i said it's a huge part of our of our life and definitely it affects our society you can see how politicians are using public speaking and political systems are a huge part of our life and in the social life so of course <laughs> Oh, yeah. speaking of politicians, are they good public speakers? Are are we going to learn something from them or not? Well, politicians are different and some of them are good public speakers and some are not. But it's a good practice to actually evaluate and analyze. You can watch politicians because you know that they're working with professionals. They're being prepared and they are working with usually, especially presidents and vice presidents, they work with psychologists who are telling them how to act because every move of their hand, of their face is analyzed and they are told how they should move, how they should sit, walk, so that they convey the right message. That's why it's good to analyze and it's entertaining sometimes to analyze politicians to see why they act that way what is beneath that facade that they're showing to everybody. Sometimes they do it consciously and sometimes, a lot of times, it's actually unconscious. So, yes. Now, I'm really curious, who is the politician that you love and enjoy analyzing? No, I'm not going to. I don't want to talk about names <laughs> and I don't like to talk about politicians, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> But I analyze some of our politicians here and some old American presidents, like former presidents from decades and years and years before. Of course, of course, I analyzed, not even analyzed, I actually listened to the book about Lincoln, about Churchill, and how great of public speakers they are, and we're learning a lot from them. So those are the ones that maybe I can name. <laughs> Yeah, But I love I nobody mean, from Lincoln. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Lincoln is really my favorite. Good, yeah, yeah. Lincoln is great, definitely. There's this book, Absolutely. wonderful book, and if I can remember the name, stand. I think it's stand like Lincoln, talk like Churchill, or talk like Churchill, stand like Lincoln, something like this. Oh, it's I never heard wonderful. of the book. It's But a... I, I'm going to check it. Mm -hmm. So, Natasha, what are the sins of public speaking? The biggest problem, the biggest mistake that people make is they focus on themselves too much. They forget about the audience. They think about how they will look, what they will say, how they will be perceived by, by the audience. They forget that all of this is not about them. It's not about us. When we speak, it's not about us. We have to forget about ourselves. We have to focus on the message and on the audience because all of it is for those people so we need to focus on the problem that we're solving for those people and completely forget our own ego and then actually it will help us be more confident and be more passionate because then you will not think about how you look but you will actually think about how your message can help the audience can help people so that is one of the biggest i would say mistakes because that's why people are afraid to speak and are nervous because they 
talk, think too much about themselves. Okay, that's one. Then people forget how huge of a power they possess in their own body. People don't really use their body language. They don't use posture, eye contact, face expressions and body enough. And, and voice also. And there is enormous power in it. So it's like a tool that a lot of, that we all possess, but a lot of people don't really use. And it's important to learn about it and to play with it, to experiment with it, to study, analyze yourself and use it in the best way that is, that works for you, for, for us. So I would say that is the second one. The third one, if I can think of something, the, the, the mistake that people make is they talk for too long. They don't make their language simple enough and forget that the message should be clear and concise. So people, so I guess that is probably the result. So let me take it back. I would say that the mistake is that people don't really plan. They don't plan their speeches when they can. Of course, a lot of times it's impromptu. Like right now you're asking me questions and I'm answering them without preparation. But if you can prepare your speech, then structure it and plan it and then speak. That's why a lot of people, if they don't, then they tend to talk, talk and talk and talk. And it's not clear. It's too long. It's not structured. And as a result, the audience doesn't understand it. So people just like to hear their own voice, the sound of their own voice, but they forget that the point of public speaking is actually whether to motivate, to educate, to entertain, to inspire, to sell, to move, to bring to action. So it's not just to speak. It's not just to hear your own voice. So I that's, guess that's, it's these three. That's really amazing because people should not speak for the sake of speaking. So can you give us three tips on how to be a better public speaker and can you share us with us uh, an advice on how to grab the attention when you notice that audience are losing are, you are losing the audience mm -hmm. well let me just say that the three tips how to be a better public speaker is focus on the audience not on yourself so i'll just rephrase what i said to you about mistakes <laughs> and focus on your audience Use your body language, use the power of your voice, of your face expression, of your posture, and always structure and plan your speech so that you know what you're talking about, so you know when to end it and not just talk without preparation and without any end. The speech needs to be concise. There are five, as I always like to use these five C's of communication, the laws of communication is that the speech should be clear and concise and consistent. It should be complete and correct. And what was the second question? How the, the audience? Yeah, if you notice that you are losing the audience, how can you grab their attention back? Mm -hmm. You can ask a question. You can specifically, it depends really whether you're speaking on the camera, it's a live or on Zoom, or you're standing in front of the audience. You can give them a task so they have to work in groups. You can ask a question and they have to really think. You can point to somebody or invite somebody to speak to say it. You can start sharing a story, which is always interesting and people would want to pay attention. You say a shocking fact so people pay attention. You do something unusual. 
suddenly you ch just change something. A contrast always attracts attention. If you were speaking slowly, start speaking faster. If you were speaking fast, slow down. If you were loud, then decrease the volume and start whispering. If you were too low voice, then speak louder. So use contrast and people will pay attention. Oh, so it's all about surprising them. So we are going, yes. we are going to surprise our audience with the last question, you could, mm -hmm. even though episode was really fantastic it was really amazing having you so natasha how can people reach out to you <laughs> i am natasha bazilevich on facebook so it's probably the easiest to join me on facebook join my group powerful speakers but i'm also nat bazilevich on instagram and i'm the same natasha bazilevich on linkedin and i have natashabazilevich.com the website so it's all the same and I know it's hard to pronounce Basilevich, but I'm sure that you will have the the name somewhere or the links. Yeah, so I, I, Facebook I is where I hang links. out. Facebook is where I hang out the most. Don't worry, I'm going to put out the links so people can reach out to you. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, Natasha, you have been really a fantastic guest. I wish the the episode was longer because there was so much valuable insights. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure talking to you and having you as a guest. Thank you. It was my pleasure <laughs> to be the guest. Thank you for inviting me.